Today on the Zabecast, I seriously thought I was in an episode of the X-Files a couple weeks ago, but whew, now I think I know what those lights were in the western sky. Glenn Yunus of the Ed Reed Foundation, former Sirius XM sports radio host on what his guy Ed is doing to help people right now. All that plus a daily parlay game that's a million times better than daily fantasy. Your Kickstarter of Uncensored Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Oh, ho, ho. Here we go! Wednesday, April 29, 2020. Thank you for joining me. So, about two weeks ago, I gazed up at the sky out on the monogamous compound in glorious western Washington, D.C. metro area at an undisclosed location, and I noticed something. I'm like, what are those lights, plural? Oh, shit, they're in a line. Look look at that. They're right. They're all What? They're going pretty slow. They're pretty high, but I can still see them. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I got to go get my camera. Luckily, I have nine cameras, and I go out, and I'm like, I got a mega zoom on this camcorder. I'll definitely get one. I couldn't see it. Damn it. Didn't know what it was. I thought, fuck, this might be government drones or something like that. This, uh, I mean, what is going on? This, of course, in the peak of the panic of the pandemic two weeks ago. And I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. Here we go. So I didn't say anything about it. Didn't say anything about it on this podcast. I didn't say anything about it on the radio. I didn't tweet about it. Nothing. Because Paranoid Me, and I can catastrophize anything, Paranoid Me said, if I even speak about this publicly, I could get, uh, yes, Mr. Zabin, as they flip open a wallet and show a badge, you're going to have to come with us. (laughs) You're now aware of our top secret program. Now, logical me, which doesn't get a seat at the table in my paranoid mind most days, said, but if they really didn't want you to know about these, they wouldn't have put lights on them. Now, would they? And if they really were alien spacecraft somehow, they also wouldn't have lights on them. They don't need lights. They're not FAA bound to have lights. Why would they have lights? Like, all right, that's a good point. But still, what the fuck are they? Apparently... And I'm pretty sure of this, I can't 100% confirm it, but it makes sense. Elon Musk and his company SpaceX is launching something called the Skylink satellite program that aims to launch 12,000 miniature satellites, just little things the size of a drone, into low Earth orbit so that he can cover the entire globe in the internet. It's basically going to be Elon Musk's Wi-Fi, not just for his use, but I don't know how he's going to, you know, work access to it and what the monthly cost is. What's my upload speed, Elon? And do you have good data encryption? Can I trust my information will be kept private with you or not? Blah, blah, blah. But other people around the globe in the last couple of weeks have been spotting these things. And as I looked on the internet at videos, I was like, oh man, look at that. Those are even brighter and lower than the ones that I saw. I almost thought about launching my Mavic Pro drone and seeing if I could get up there to intercept them. Now, I think I could get it up to about 3,000 feet. That, of course, would be beyond the 
stipulated limits of the FAA, but I'd do it carefully. But what if I flew it up there and intercepted it and said, hmm, what are these things going? I, I think I could have gotten up to that level, but it was hard to tell. This was the night sky, and they were very light lights, and I'm like, what is going on here? Anyway, apparently that's what it was. Now, some people are unhappy that the drones are so bright, and in the daylight, they're very shiny as well, and people are complaining that it is basically visual sky junk. So Elon Musk and his engineers are working on I don't know, coating them in something to make them less bright somehow. Elon Musk is a weirdo, and he says some dumb shit at times. But he's pretty fucking brilliant when it's all said and done. I don't know if this thing is going to work or not. We'll see. If you know more about it, shoot me an email. I'd like to read up on it or like to get your perspective. But fucking hey, man. It's 2020. Kobe died in a helicopter crash. We've got a pandemic that shut everything down. Uh, we, the government just admitted there's been UFOs sighted in F-18s. That's a whole different show. Me freaking out about those UFO videos that they've been out for a couple of years and they weren't really in dispute, but the government's like, yeah, those are real. And now, now this Elon Musk is going to create his own Wi-Fi network out of 12,000 little satellites. Wow. What a world we're living in, huh? What a world. And YouTube has taken down videos left and right that they consider to be full of misinformation or bad think or whatever the Orwellian term for it is. How dare a couple of doctors from Bakersfield put out a video calmly offering a different perspective on the panda? How dare misinformation? We're taking it down. This is just fucking crazyville we're living in now. Okay. Uh, MLB, apparently, according to Bob Nightingale, USA Today, is confident they've got a plan that they think they can work out in which they will play about 100 games this summer starting in late June, maybe no later than July 2nd, so July 4th weekend launching the season, do it in home stadiums, no fans, and would realign the divisions so you're not traveling all over the place and would mix AL at NL for just one season. It sounds like a fucking wild-ass fun ride. For one year, we'll take it. No fans, we'll take it. Maybe they can mix in fans later in the summer. They're they're hoping to a certain degree. Uh, maybe for the playoffs as well. But I love it. One baseball executive quoted in the article, and of course they needed anonymity because this has not been officially put out, said that they are very optimistic. I'll take it. I'll take the optimism. I'll take the momentum. What have I said all along? These leagues need to wake up and stand up and say, we're going to play this year one way, shape, or another. We are not going to just go, oh, no, we can't play. Because then you never know when you'll be allowed to play. Find a way, get it done, show that American spirit of, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out knowing the risks. And I think we're going to see a bit of a jailbreak here in a lot of ways. Some businesses are going to start going rogue. They already are. Some states are loosening their grip on things like golf and parks and trails. Uh, Wisconsin did that yesterday. Apparently, Pennsylvania is as well. The more I read about different states and their different lockdown policies, I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. Like in Pennsylvania, real estate is prohibited from doing their thing, you know? And they say in rural Pennsylvania, 
there's virtually no cases. So if you're a real estate agent and it's springtime, and this is when you've got to get people into houses, sell houses, you can't get this time back. It doesn't make sense to not at least say, okay, you can do this, you can't do that, and at least have different rules for different parts of the state. I'm sure the governors are thinking, well, once we do that, then the the city is going to complain and people aren't going to pay. And they're saying, well, out there in Allentown, they get to do this. And that's a legitimate concern. But at the same time, the whole punish everybody just because this area is really bad, that too is not going to last when it's all said and done. And ultimately, look, and I'm all for it because democratic society requires trust in government not perfection of government, not perfection in action of a pandemic that nobody, we were flying blind, didn't know a lot about what we don't know, but we do now. And you can't just say like 15 days to slow the spread and then uh, bend the curve, you know, make sure the hospitals are overrun. And then you do that and then you start extending things and you change the message and you move the goalposts or you just take the goalposts down and say, ah, just kidding. At that point, there's going to be no trust and it's all going to fall apart. But then there is truly a contingent I've seen out there of the not until there's a vaccine crowd that I just don't know what world they live in. I know for damn sure they don't understand the basics of vaccine development and effectiveness and requirements for mass production and distribution and the constitutional ability to force people to get something. But hey, if you believe in the not until there's a vaccine thing, good luck. I don't know what world you're living in, but it's not the world of reality like many of us understand. I know, it's a dangerous virus. I hope, sure as shit, I don't get it. It could kill me. could fuck me up big time. And I, Unless I've already had it. And boy, I'd love to have an antibody test right now, even though I know it's not a coat of armor. And I certainly hope that my elderly parents and my aunts and my uncles and everyone else that is at risk doesn't get it either. It's serious, but... I'm here for standing up and figuring a way through because the alternative is not even, in my opinion, an alternative. All right, let's see what my man, Glenny Eunice, G-Unit Radio, the head of the Ed Reed Foundation, is up to these days. All right, G-Unit is just getting me all schooled up on rap songs. I don't know. This is Outcast. Ms. Jackson. The Zabecast. Yeah, G-Unit. I was just saying you are schooling me up on rap songs I don't know. This is the right one, right? It is. Ms. Jackson's good. How's Outcast? How's Outcast? I didn't hear you. I was listening to this song. I said I have a great Andre 3000 LA Reed story. Okay. Do you even know what that means? Would it? Well, I've, I've, they're rappers. (laughs) LA, uh, (laughs) they're rappers, the both of them, right? Well, the both of them on on this, Andre 3000 and Outcast, but LA Reed was their producer, the head of Sony Music for years. And so, oh, okay. So I had well, a I don't tease the story. Uh, I got a great story on them, and I'm not going to give just because just because the story will be wasted on me. Yes. the most yes. unhip dude in the world. It will not be wasted on our listeners. So go ahead. It, it won't be. Hold on. Yeah. 
How's so, Outcast? Okay. How's Outcast doing, by the way? They're not together, which is part of the story. But uh, you know, Bad Boy, um, Bad Boy, Big Boy was huh? in the in in the Super Bowl in Atlanta two years ago when he sang with. Oh, uh, that's yeah. Big Boy. Big, Got it. Okay. Big Boy and Andre Three Thousand are Outcast. Okay, so ten second story. L.A. Reid was the head of Sony Music forever and ever. He found Mariah Carey and Gaga and a million people. He's the, one of the most famous like record label guys ever. So I had a chance to interview him in Baltimore for this, pro- or actually in D.C. in Rockville, right by the old studios. Um, I don't know, three or four years ago for this private like uh, Blue Blood Club right after L.A. rewrote a book, right? Right. So I'm sitting there and I'm doing a one-on-one fireside chat for like 45 guys, L.A. Reid and I, and we talk about their outcast's double cd set uh speaker box in the love below it was this fantastic double set album that came out in like maybe 2000 99 2002 whatever so andre 3000 is the most and the reason you'll like this story is because you're a creative and you're you're not an eccentric but you have a special way about you and andre 3000 is incredibly talented so he and Big Boy weren't really together at this time. And Big Boy put out a CD, right? An album, a whole thing. And it was about to launch. So Andre calls L.A. Reid and goes, hey, Reid, when's Boy's album coming out? He's like, it's, it's done. He's like, yeah, but when's it, when's it out? And he's like, now we're like printing it in, I don't know, a couple weeks. He's <laughs> yeah. like, how long do I have? He goes, how long do you have for what? And he's like, I will make a record. He's like, dude, it's done. Like, you're, it's finished. Forget it. <laughs> he's like, how long do I have, Reed? When's it drop? He's like, five weeks. He's like, I'll have your whole album in three weeks. And in three or four weeks, Andre 3000 wrote his whole entire side of their double CD, and it went bananas. And it was no like way. the best ever. So, he wrote it in like three weeks. So he wrote it to be a companion piece or to be a rebuttal Correct. to companion his... Companion piece. Oh, and it's it was and it it went it went you just type in speaker box speaker box and the love below it it is a fantastic album and uh andre 3000 uh, andre 3000 wrote it in weeks nice uh what is this song about janet jackson no no just a just a girl that he dated and uh, uh okay. parents didn't like him and he's saying that you know he's gonna take care of her and not to worry and blah 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 okay all right very good yeah. how are you holding up during all of this given that you've got a young child of how old now one year and two weeks oh, oh boy come get me come get me yeah I please bet. come get no seriously come I'm, come please. get me i'm about to go I'll, insane is your your wife works too right she does and she has a corporate gig and she's been working from home she's got about 12 staff underneath her she's a really nice gig but um and she's been home most of the time but she's actually at work this week for about four or five hours during the day from like mm-hmm. 10 to 2 so she's mm-hmm. gone from 9 to 3 let's say yep. um so yeah save me please this, this is uh this is excruciatingly like tough later. just come get me excruciatingly tough for people with very young children because <laughs> yes. of the close confines have you had any big fights with your uh with your wife no okay no, that's I'm, good good i'm i mean we're good i mean like you know Fighting don't get nothing done. Just gets everyone's blood pressure up. It's just like whatever. Yeah, right. Exactly. We've got our health. We've got you know. Thank God, financially, we're fine. Like what for what? What are we gonna fight about? That's good. This is bigger than everything. You know, I said this before to you. The thing that's keeping us apart is keeping us together. It's fine. Okay, I like that. But I, I, but I do think uh, I I do think it's time to get up and 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 find a way. Get up and start to fight. Seriously, come save me. Yeah, no. <laughs> All right, I will. 
Trust me, as soon as we can, as soon as we get a little bit of all clear to get out and mingle a bit, then yeah, we're going to definitely get together. We're playing golf. We're playing golf at the place I told you we're playing at. Uh, Oh, (laughs) yeah. Oh, yeah. Begins the CNNs and we're playing it. And listen to me for real, real quick, all kidding aside. Yeah, I feel like a fucking dickhead when I have to spray paint Lysol on my mail. Like, it's ridiculous. So get me out of here. But you do it, though. Of course. And I feel like (laughs) an idiot. Do you feel like an idiot going into the grocery store with a full breather mask? I, like uh, like you are smelting. A, seriously, I have a I have a full breather mask that I mow the lawn in that's got the orbs on the side of your mouth. That's, it's called a respirator, you know? It's like a 99.9% filters everything out. I wear it in the store like, what? You know, we're all doing this dumb shit. So Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's weird. It, it makes me feel very safe, which it probably shouldn't because I can get it on my hands and everything else. Look, uh, yeah. let's let's get to what Ed's doing as part well, of the Ed Reed Foundation. Give me one joke. Let me sneak one. Let me shoehorn one joke in here. So you were about to say like you're smelting gold, right? Mm, yeah, or iron or something so, where I needed yeah. a respirator. I, I have a buddy who owns a jewelry store and, and it, it's a family business. And by the way, I hope they're doing well and they're probably not. Anything with the door swing is getting crushed and I feel bad for them. But I have a name for, I told him this uh, two years ago. Shouldn't there be a jeweler's name, smelt it, dealt it? Like, shouldn't that be the best jewelry store name ever? <laughs> Come on. I don't think you smelt jewelry. I think you smelt you know, you heavy. Gold. You do? That's how you make I'm I'm nine. Look, don't fuck up the joke. I think that's accurate. Hold don't on. let facts get in the way of agree. Yeah, I think. Oh, uh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. How, how to melt gold? You get gold ore, and the miner will smelt a yeah. chunk of it into a gold bar, smelting so, gold. Smelt it, dealt it, jewelry. Get out of here! It's brilliant. Okay, Shh. let's trademark it. Let's get the website smeltitdeltitgold.com. <laughs> And let's let's go to town with it. All let's right, make 150 bucks. All right, Ed Reed Foundation. Ed, <laughs> yeah. I saw where Ed's doing some some nice things in the community yeah. during this time. Talk to me. Yeah. So as you know, I've been the executive director of the Ed Reed Foundation for almost 12 years now. Um, and one of the functions, and I've been with Ed for about 17, um, in some capacity or another, as you full well know, because um, it was almost 20 years ago when we were working together, uh, you and I. So anyway, yeah. as one of our initiatives for the past 18 plus years has been really an incredibly poor, uh, tough school in inner city Baltimore. And anyone around the country that knows about inner city Baltimore, you know, the wire's a little bit much, but it's not as far off as, right. as, as it's anyone not would that, like it's, it's a click off of what is actually real. Barely. Yeah. Um, and so this school is right smack in the middle of all that. It's where the riots were. And we've been part of that school for 18 years. It's called Booker T. Washington Middle School. And um, one of our initiatives has been to provide that they don't have full time gym and all these different things. So we provide after school activities, volleyball um, for the girls, softball for the girls, basketball and football for the boys. And obviously they're not doing that right now. And so um, this is, their, you know, a lot of these families uh, are at need. 100% of the kids are on free or reduced lunch, and the city is doing a nice job of feeding them for the most part, but there is some supplemental food that needs to be done, and so uh, we launched an initiative called Read Feeds Program, which feeds the families in community um, in and around Booker T. Washington Middle School, and so uh, last Thursday, and again this Thursday, and, and every Thursday that needs to be, as long as we can continue to fund it, we're feeding families in that neighborhood, and we did about a thousand, maybe a little bit over a thousand meals last Thursday. We'll do the same again this Thursday and continue to ramp it up. So um, our goal is about ten thousand families or so, um, and we'll probably reach that and then some as That's as great. most of our initiatives reach their Good goal stuff. and beyond. 
Good so stuff, yeah, it's man. it's wonderful. I love it. I love to hear it. All right. Uh, any? Do you want people to donate? Do you want people to reach out, yeah. or is, does it, it need it, it or not? Yeah, I mean, it, we always do. Yeah, for sure. Uh, EdReedFoundation.org. You know, okay. the other thing, just just to put a ribbon on it for ten seconds, Abe, is you know, Ed grew up in a pretty tough neighborhood in the suburbs of Louisiana, of New Orleans, uh, and Louisiana suburbs outside, right by the New Orleans airport. And uh, they don't have a park in their neighborhood, and so it's been a long time coming. But we acquired some land. Uh, about five years ago, actually, and it took a lot of lobbying and legislation for us to acquire this patch of land in the neighborhood. And uh, right before the shutdown, um, you know, the first week of March, we finished the turf field. We're installing a, a multi-purpose turf field, Ooh. two basketball courts, nice. a playground area, a road, and a parking lot. So the turf field is in, and we actually got pictures of kids in the neighborhood practicing proper social distancing and all that shit for you people that care, uh, playing on the <laughs> turf field. That's um, great. And so that facility will be done. It should have been done, uh, you know, by the beginning of June. Now it's pushed back because of all this, but they're actually putting in the concrete this week uh, and next week for the basketball court. So we're really excited about what we do. Inch by inch, block by block, park by park. You you start to claim little bits of it to help give kids a better chance and a little bit something to do uh, in bad neighborhoods. An outlet, no doubt about it. Yeah, fucking outlet. All right, two big things, and I'm not going to hem you in with specifics. I've talked about it all week, but I know you got thoughts. NFL draft, anywhere you want to go on that, and then also uh, the Jordan documentary episodes three and four. Start with the draft. The NFL draft, I think they did a really nice job, all things considered, and I think it was needed. People that cover it, people like you and I, I'm certainly way inside football in the last seven years or so. Right. Um, and you've obviously been in, been in the media for 20 years at a very, very high level. So you understand, I think this took off and needed to take off some of the blustery fluff of the NFL. The NFL was eat my <laughs> shit where the NFL for so many years. And we're, now, we're the biggest show. You know, the one thing I said is it humanized the people in the NFL because 100%. instead of being in this phony ass war room where they've got 15 people which is way more than needed they had their kids running around behind them and they had their laptop on the table and that's honestly all you needed because you've done all the work about we know this guy this guy and this guy and are we up next no we're not up for an hour relax yeah uh amen and it it allowed the in your face of the nfl mentality to be like yo we're in your living room and we're just like you we might have a baller ass kitchen in a ridiculous house not yep. like you but we're just like you you know how about cliff kingsbury's crib out there in arizona sick, sick. uh 4.5 million which is actually mid-range for, yeah, par- for paradise valley which is maybe the most glorious it's the most aptly named place i've ever seen in my life nestled between camelback mountain and a little slice of uh, phoenix it's so glorious it'll blow your mind but well, anyway, yeah, and, and he, his house is... Played the Phoenician out oh, there. Oh, God, so don't get me thinking about it, man. I know you want to move out there, too. I know, I know. But what are I you going to do? What are you going to do June to September when it's 4,000 degrees? I will be hot. <laughs> on the golf course yeah <laughs> i will be i'll be hot you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna visit the east coast and i'm gonna yeah. visit the upper midwest no you know what you June. do Just get a lake house yeah get a lake house up in wisconsin oh no there are people that do the split where it's like eight months in wisconsin and four months in there Ar- no eight months in arizona four months in wisconsin Oh yeah, my in-laws live in Sarasota. They're from they're from the D.C. Maryland area, like we are, and uh, 
they live in Annapolis, you know, a few months out of the year and they live in Sarasota, the rest. There are so many people from Wisconsin and Nebraska Wisconsin. and Michigan and the mid- Wisconsin. Yeah, they're tired. So, they, yeah. they want to get rid of their snow shovel once and for all and never pick right. one up again. And that's what they do. And so, yeah, yeah, there's ways to skin that cat. So else, so all right. So the big takeaway from the NFL draft is apparently the Packers are sick of Aaron Rodgers shit quietly yeah. and they're like okay we got a plan so you let us know when you're done being the coolest guy in the room i think it's insane i'm a rogers stan i i love the guy i know he's prickly i know he's difficult but this is a high risk maneuver because jordan love is no sure thing no doubt i mean it's the same thing they did with Favre and, and rogers so it's just it's just payback you, you'd like to think that rogers learned something from that and will take him under his wing because everybody knows not breaking news out of me Rod, uh, Favre did very, very little to nothing for Rodgers. It's funny, though, because Favre is about the funniest, most interesting, fun, cool guy in the world. Uh, at least he is now. I don't know what he was then, you know, competitive nature. But, yeah, he's definitely no, – love is no sure thing. Um, if they get three years out of him, great. And then love comes in fine. I mean, it, it's it's a, the, 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 the double whammy on that draft is that not only did they take – they move up to take a quarterback but they have now no weapons for aaron Rodgers or love or whomever um but i guess it's that old thing zabe where you know you rather get rid of a guy even a rogers a year early than a year would late. you though in the nfl no. i mean like <laughs> no when it's the most prized yeah ever i think there's exceptions to the rule i think this is courting crazy bob mcginn of the athletic today has covered the packers yeah. forever said, public niceties aside, my sense is Lafleur, fresh off yep. a terrific 13-3 and baptismal season, simply had enough of Rodgers' act and wanted to change the narrative. With a first-round talent on the roster, the Packers would gain leverage with their imperial quarterback with his passive-aggressive style. If the Packers do indeed want to become a running team next season, they surely wouldn't want Rodgers rocking the boat and becoming even more difficult to coach. I wow. Buy I buy all that. And we have to remember, even at the beginning of what turned out to be lucky or whatever, 13 and three season, there was issues between Rogers and coach very early on. And Rogers was bucking the system. It turned out to be fine because of the record. And we know winning's the panacea, but there's some underlying shit. And I think Flores laid his balls on the table and it's like, yo, my franchise now. You yeah. had your time. Yeah, LaFleur, uh, I think you mean. Flora's in Miami. Sorry. Okay, Flora's and then and then the other big story, there's a couple big ones, is that the Patriots didn't take a quarterback. So either That's they didn't think anybody was good enough or they're going to tank for Trevor Lawrence. And I don't know if, if basically Belichick is capable of tanking, but we'll see. <laughs> they got Stidham and an offensive roster that looks pretty damn weak, all things so, considered. I agree with that. The only thing I'll say about Belichick and tanking is, and I've been around Belichick a little bit in the last couple of years in private uh, at NFL films when we filmed that thing with the yeah. top 100 players. And, um, I, you know, I understand a little bit about his psyche only through Ed and, and my you know relationship there. I think he looks at a season as one game of chess in a series of chess matches and he might be willing to sacrifice one game, AKA a season for the larger franchise moving forward piece if 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 i were to find a reason or excuse that he did that um they don't think that their team is constructed right now is good enough come on they know okay forced reset gronk retired slash traded brady's out which by the way i was so so dead wrong on that i mean dead (laughs) fat wrong i thought 
there is no way he's leaving. Legacy is more important than anything. Uh, burn the franchise to the ground if he wants to play till 44. Let him. I was dead wrong on that. He wanted to leave, and they wanted him gone, and they both got what they wanted. Um, yeah. So I think this is a reset year, and I think it's a forced reset year at that. Is Jalen Hurts an NFL quarterback? I guess we'll find out. That's interesting, isn't it? What are yeah. they going to do in Philly? Are they is that just hoarding of talent and then trading it off in a year or two? Maybe maybe Wentz plays well but gets hurt a couple games and Hurts comes in and plays well and then he's his equity goes up and they they spin him. But you know y- y- people are like, well, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna stash him and trade him for higher. Trade him for higher than what a second and a half? <laughs> right. Like a mid-second? <laughs> like, how much higher are you going to get? Stash him and trade him. Awesome. Oh God, you've been listening to too many bad callers to Sports Talk Radio. That's you know not I mean? how it works. Yeah, right. Uh, is the, are the Niners still the team to beat in the NFC? Yeah, probably. And you know, if Garoppolo is anywhere close to a man that they think he is, not the beast, not Brady, not you know the next level, but I'm talking but about good a plus. man winner. If, but yeah, but this is where I'm going with that. Is 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 a is a is a is a man is a, is a is a you know is an alpha. Yeah, he's going to at least gain more confidence. He's he seemingly is too nice. He he's very he pretty and he looks very nice. He dates porn so, stars, but he's still kind of shy. Put your mm. foot in that ass of that team and start twisting there, Jimmy G. That's what that's what I'm talking about. Right. And if he can get his confidence up, and by the way, dating porn stars is like the most belt banner billboard of the insecurity I've ever seen in my life. Like <laughs> you're either is. a moron like Gronk or you're a total insecure nightmare. I mean, just, come on, like. Or so who's the team to, to beat? And you're Tiger and you bang girls from Perkins. And you just don't know. And it's still the Chiefs and the AFC, or is anybody creeping up? Chiefs on and Ravens. Chiefs and the Ravens. And the Ravens. It's Chiefs. Okay. It's Chiefs and Ravens. By the way, uh, Lamar they with crush. the big truss on his tattoo, and he's trademarking wow. it. Wow. Big truss, baby. Oh, I've and never. And he's on the cover. My... He's on the cover of Madden. I know. So he's blowing up, man. Have I Good ever told him? You, I never told you. I told you off air my story. The story about Lamar, didn't I? Mm-mm. Oh, that's a good one. We'll tell that. We'll talk about them. You I can't do that on the podcast. Now people are going to want to know. They're definitely going to want to know, but, but this, they can't. This is for, okay. Oh yeah, no. All right. This is All very. Right. But it was from this year's Super Bowl. Nothing okay. bad, personally, right. a business move. That uh, you'll, you, It's an interesting inner working of, of, of all that. Oh, I'll yeah. give it to you. No, no, I think you it. told me about that. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I understand that. So, all right, let's move on to the Jordan documentary. Oh, God. How good is it? Better than I thought it would be, and I was anticipating it to be great. Um, you know, I'm for, I'm about 41, so I remember it, this is in my prime, yeah. except for his first couple years. Okay, yeah. so the, the the what I what I knew because I researched it and studied, but what I you know as growing up and coming up in our business, I didn't know the Carolina stuff like this. And his first couple years, I knew, but not like that. But Michael effing Jordan knocking on Rodman's door to go get him out of Vegas. Perfect. How did I not know that story of all the stories that we know? How did we? Not, I, I mean, you might. have. It's known. a great story and it's, it's almost fantastic. true. But he was actually in Chicago for the record. That was oh, Jordan didn't he, go knock on didn't Carmel go to Vegas. Jordan they Vegas. made it oh. seem that way. But he still went to Jordan's apartment in Chicago. And so Carmen Electra was there, of course. And wow. he said, look, it's time to go to practice. Also, what is going on with Emmanuel B.J. Armstrong? He looks the same age. Have I, you seen? He has. See that? Yes, he has boyish good looks. Although his hair is growing Classic. long, like everybody who has hair these days. Oh, I had to cut my father-in-law's hair the other day. How'd that go? Uh, it went good. I have steady hand, and uh, he he, does, he has easy hair to cut, and it went fine. Okay, good. How about your hair? 
Oh, my hair is fantastic. I have a big bushy <laughs> fro on the top and I shave the sides and I have it in a man bun now. Right. It's fantastic. I really so, do have great hair. So your is your and appreciation is your appreciation of Jordan even more now watching all this? I, I know mine is. My uh, my I am such a hopeless stand for Jordan. Me too. He just Amen. Like when I the and by the way, the memes that he has launched with the expressions <laughs> watching Isaiah's bullshit are classic. Yeah. So uh, you said something, uh, maybe it was to Andy or maybe it was on the 980 show. I'm not mm-hmm. sure about when Jordan was watching and I saw the same exact, I had the same feeling you articulated it so well. And I, I don't, I can't repeat exactly, but when he was watching the letter that his mom was reading on the oh, iPad yeah. that the producers gave him, he was so real and yeah. so genuine. Uh, okay. So I have, I have to, you might remember this cause I was working for, for you guys at the time, uh, producing John Thompson show with CJ. And I was on in the evenings going to Wizards games with Scott Jackson, the beat reporter, and we were getting audio and we were covering the team. Um, And I was in the locker room. This is Jordan's second year. They were playing against the New Jersey Nets, Kerry Kittle, Jason Kidd, Keith Van Horn, that team, a good New Jersey Nets team and a not very good Washington Wizards second year Jordan team. And the way the locker room was construed is that Jordan sort of took over like a little mini weight room in the side and had his own locker room and everyone else, Brandon Haywood and all those guys were in the main locker room. So what we'd all do is we'd come in, we'd ask our question, we'd get our audio, and then the locker room would clear out, and then we'd just stay there and wait for Jordan. And it could be 20 minutes, it could be 45 minutes. So on this particular night, I think it was sixth game of the season, and, I, and you have the audio in your archives, and I certainly have it somewhere too. Yeah. Uh, Jordan comes out, and this was when he was monitoring his minutes. You'll remember this as I continue to tell the story. And he wasn't starting. He would, he would come in the game late in the first quarter or whatever, right. and then minutes going right. forward. So, uh, Will Bond and Aldridge and, and, uh, the Jordan airs, uh, as we call them, Ahmad the, Rashad. Yes. They're all in there. Rashad's not in there, but all the, okay. be, all the, be, all the, all the big dogs are in, in, in the locker room waiting on Jordan and little old Glenn Eunice with the 980 sports talk, 980 microphone, you know, <laughs> and Matt Williams, the PR directors, like, you know, last questioners, you know, say, so I go like, just like this. Hey, Michael. Why don't with me, little old dumbass, twenty-two-year-old Glenn Eunice? Why don't you start the game and then monitor your minutes going forward? Because getting off to a good start is so important in this league. And he goes, "Why don't you let Jesse James rob this train? You just sit back and watch." <laughs> Press conference over. <laughs> Everyone walked out. They send the audio back to the studio. I was like, "Yo, bury that audio." They gave it to Coach Thompson. He played it on the air the next day. He goes, "You know what, Glenn?" That's the right question. You just can't ask Michael Jordan that. <laughs> <laughs> he told you, why don't you just watch Jesse uh, Jesse James Jesse rob James this, this train. train? You just go sit back and watch. Was he implying he was just stealing money from the Wizards? No, he was like, shut up, kid. He's like, you know, I, yeah, me, like I know how to <laughs> <laughs> type in your Type in your 360. But MJ yells. It's in did, there. Did he did he say it with at least a wry smile so that yes. while he cut 100%. your heart out, you still felt like, well, that was pretty cool. That was like Jordan dunking on you, Glenny. A hundred percent. And a hundred percent. And I was able to cover him in North Carolina when he had his charity golf event when I was in college, which was cool. But yeah. that's in your three sixty. Find that. You'll get a kick out of it. It's MJ not yells. In, it's not in my Really? Okay. Yeah, MJ yells. MJ yells. What are you rushing me off for? What are you pl- just pl- What? 
It's over. I 25 uh, minutes of glorious run, my friend. I can't go oh, forever and ever. Okay. okay. Right. <laughs> hey, listen, you, you just listen, you just sit back and watch Jesse James <laughs> rob this train. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I'll yeah. get to you next week, all right? We'll get a yeah, quarantine rules. I thought I got 28 minutes, but I'll I'll, I'll walk with <laughs> We're here for a good home. time, not a long time, Glenny. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you, pal. Thanks, Abraham. See you, buddy. There you go. Speaking of robbing trains and money, I've never gotten into daily fantasy for a reason, and that is I know I can't compete with the algorithmic sharks. Well, our next two guests are going to tell you about a game you can play that I think is a lot of fun. It involves parlays, and you can play for as little as 10 cents a parlay. And the beauty is when you win, you win. You're not competing against anybody else. Here, I'll tell you more right now. God bless the spread of legalized sports wagering across almost every nook and cranny of this fine land. Of course, right now we're all jonesing because we're in the middle of a pandemic. But trust me, when the floodgates open, it is going to be glorious. And one of the things that I know I, for one, uh, have always had a problem with is, you know, people say daily fantasy, daily fantasy, daily fantasy. Well, I know I can't compete with an MIT grad with an algorithm who is going to beat me like a drum. But I would love to have some daily action in which I don't have to worry about what kind of sharks am I actually swimming with. And our next guests have come up with a genius website and product to get some sweet action going called Quick Picks. And it is basically a parlay version of Daily Fantasy. But get this. You're not playing against a bunch of MIT grads with algorithms. You're simply choosing between two different athletes or players based on what is a fair, mathematically modeled matchup. So you're not going to get algorithm whipped, as I call it, by the sharks in the deep end of the ocean. And it's my pleasure now to say hi to Joe Brennan, the CEO of Quick Picks, along with Larry Everling, head of marketing. Boys, good to talk to you again. Last time we met was in a steakhouse, what, two year, a year and a half ago, something like this? Yeah, I think a little bit about that. Yeah. That was a good meal. I do remember it. And we were that talking was, about it. Yes. That finally, you finally, uh, you know, you've brought this thing to fruition now and it's ready to launch. And of course, you know, we're launching it in the middle of a pandemic, which is never ideal. But look, the concept is great and this will end. And then I think this is going to take off. By the way, for those that are interested, interested, search for Quick Picks in your, you know, website. It's quickpicks.com, Q U I C K. Picks, P-I-C-K-S dot com. Is that right? That's right. Okay. I say that because, you know, there's about a trillion ways to spell quick and picks. <laughs> so. Yeah, we instead of coming up with like one of those, you know, internet quizzy ways of, of doing it, we actually use real English. I know that might set some of the younger listeners off, but for us old folks, it's straight up quick well, picks.com. It, it makes sense, though, Joe, because... Postmates is a food delivery service, and I don't I understand that. that one. <laughs> yeah, like... I'm still looking for like the post note. I, I, I still can't put it all together. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, Quick picks, I think, uh, accurately describes it. It is basically a simple head-to-head parlay deal where, let's say, there were live games going on right now. Your computers would say, 
LeBron James versus Kawhi Leonard in two separate games not playing against each other uh, is your choice for the most fantasy points based on whatever the you know the, the criteria is, points, rebounds, assists, etc. There'd be another matchup of two other NBA players, say Russell Westbrook and James Harden, and then a third that you would choose. And you'd say, I want him, him, and him. Those are my three guys. And if I'm right on all three, it pays out five to one. You can do a parlay of as few as three players or as many as 10. And a 10 team or a 10 player parlay, if you get it right, is 500 to one. And you can bet as little as 10 cents. So if you just want to throw dimes at these fun matchups in the comfort of your own basement, this is what the game is designed for, right? Exactly. I, when we have live games, whether it's football, Major League Baseball, NBA, hockey, what we do is when we present it to players, you know, we'll give them somewhere between 20 or 30 matchups per sport per day. And then they pick the ones that they want. We don't say, oh, you got to pick from you know, these five. Uh, we let players choose what they want. And but usually, you know, like the players you mentioned, like LeBron, Giannis, uh, you know, Kawhi, guys like that are really popular. But what we try and do is if you just go by the averages, you don't really know if it's an even matchup. So what our system does is, is we do a lot of of simulations and projections based on. All right. Maybe LeBron tonight is playing a really soft team. Maybe he's playing Atlanta or something like that. And maybe Kawhi tonight is playing Sixers, who've done really well against him defensively. So rather than just match those two guys up, maybe we find a better matchup based on our projections. Like maybe Kawhi should really be matched up against like Ben Simmons. And LeBron should be uh, matched up against, say, James Harden, who's just lighting it up left and right. And then that way, so... So folks always have a really even chance of picking this one. And then, yeah, then it's on them. They don't have to come up with a big math model. They could just be like, boom, boom, yeah. boom. It could take less than a minute. They can play more than one ticket. And then, yeah, you're right. You don't have to compete against like 5,000 other you know, technology nerds <laughs> with uh, big server stacks to try and win a dollar from your $5 entry fee. Yeah, if you if you pick three out of three correct, you get a five x return. So if you bet a dollar, you get five. If you bet ten dollars, you get fifty. And we we've had a number of those ten pick winners where they're they're winning five hundred to one. It kind of shakes our teeth, but you know what? <laughs> uh, don't <laughs> worry. Good to see that. I think your math people have run the numbers to say that you'll you'll do okay with everybody betting ten team parlays because they're really hard to hit. But I'll, lo- I'll tell you what, we're not afraid of winners, Steve. I mean, we, I know. we've had guys who have bet like ten thousand dollars a ticket with us. We've never turned winners away, never turned them off or anything like that. So it's all good business and it's all good fun. Yeah, the thing I like is that when you win, you win. When you, yeah. when you know you've hit your three and you're like, yep, I watched it. Uh, LeBron had more points than Giannis and bup, 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 you pump your fist and you count your 50 bucks or whatever it is. And you're like, I can't wait to spend it on something stupid. Whereas in daily <laughs> fantasy, you could say, God, I really nailed this lineup today. I think I got a chance to win. Let me go check the site. Oh, what? How am I not winning this thing? That, to me, has always been the big disappointment. Larry, as the head of uh, marketing, what what do you think is the genius of Quick Picks? Uh, There's a couple things. One is, uh, as Joe alluded to, you can play your favorites. And what we find is that 
folks in Massachusetts and Rhode Island tend to like the Celtics and, uh, <laughs> you know, but yeah. And everybody from Northern California always plays a golden state warriors ticket. Uh, LeBron based on this history, uh, Miami loves them. LA loves them. Cleveland loves them. So there's that. Uh, the other thing about it is, uh, even with the live games, even more so with the virtual games is that we enable people to play multiple times. So the guys who actually really done well in the live game typically submit seven, eight tickets a day. Huh. Um, and, and, and some, one guy, one guy hit us for eight for eight, <clears throat> which is 125 to one <laughs> recently. So that was, but you know, it kept them playing Sure. and they, they redeposit. And the great thing about the virtual game is that because we have uh, new matchups every hour, guys are playing 20 times a day. Um, so we really like that retention, that stickiness. Um, so those combinations, I think, really make the game attractive to a lot of people. Quickpicks.com. It is legal by, I counted your list here, about 30 states. So you're not... 28, 28, 28 states. Okay. Uh, we just uh, launched in New York a few weeks ago. Nice. For us. And for my listeners, it is legal in D.C., Maryland, and Wisconsin. Unfortunately, Virginia, my state, is still lagging, but I believe, boys, they are well down the road of approving just about every kind of sports gambling there is going to be, right? Yeah, it sounds like Governor Northam made the changes that he needed, and it sounds like things are getting done down there in Richmond, and uh, yeah, we'll be having some fun there. Okay, so and for my listeners in Wisconsin, it's a, it's a fun thing to layer in. Uh, quickpicks.com, there's now, and you might say, well, God, this sounds great, but uh, there's no sports. Aha, Quick Picks <laughs> Virtual is something you guys have launched in which you pretty much match up historical matchups like Aaron Rodgers in 2014 against Peyton Manning in 2013, and you can actually wager on virtual matchups. Explain how that works. So what we've done is uh, very quickly taken the, the engine, our analytics, sports analytics engine, and we've reconfigured it in a way where we go back and we take a look at 20 past seasons of stats and players. And what we've done is we've our, our platform then runs the simulations and analysis and we match guys up like the best matchups, closest matchups across seasons. So it could be, you know, it could be Aaron Rodgers from 2016 against Peyton Manning from 2013, or it could be, uh, you, you know, you could even have something like Tom Brady from 2016 against Tom Brady from 2018. Uh, you know, all we're trying to do is we're trying to create really great, even matchups and, The same logic applies to our game. It's a parlay. Pick a minimum of three, a maximum of ten, same payout. And for this, we're trying to give people more kind of like something that's engaging and fun while we have this, while the leagues are all shut down. That's why we let people enter for as little as ten cents. They can go in, and we put up new matchups every hour in both the NBA and the NFL. You know, 20 to 30 matchups they can go through. You know, some of the time you get some really like head scratchers ones, like the one that's at the top of the NFL ticket right now, Tyrod Taylor against Cam Newton. You're like, oh my gosh, that seems like a no brainer, doesn't it? But when you look at the numbers from their two seasons, they're pretty even. So it's a pretty even matchup. So it's just a way for sports fans to kind of stay engaged. You know, a lot of people, like whether it's sports talk radio or ESPN, everybody's into nostalgia right now, talking about like, 
hey, was this player better in this season than that player in that season? And this is just a nice way of having those little engagements uh, every hour on the hour and then maybe getting a little bit of action with it. What sports do you offer and which ones will you offer when everything gets back up and running again? So right now the virtual game offers both NFL and NBA. So you can play that now today. Okay. When we're, when we get back to live sports, when everybody starts up again, we offer all the major sports. So NFL, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball. We're adding golf because everybody seems to be really say, betting on. You yeah, gotta add some PGA really Tour. On golf. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then with them moving the Masters to November and everything, then, you know, October and November is going to be the really fat part of the of the betting schedule. When you're going to have the four major sports will have restarted by then. You're going to have the Masters. You have a lot of things that are getting shifted around, like. European soccer championships and the English Premier League. So, but we're, we're, we'll be offered action on you know four major sport North American sports, golf. Uh, we're looking to offer racing as well, uh, and then soccer for those people who so, are more European inclined. <laughs> right. So could it? So could uh, like for golf? Would it be just like pick three matchups of who has the lower score in round one of the Masters? Would that be it? Or how do you think that would work? So there's a variety of ways we can hit it. It looks more like the kind of props that you see out of Las Vegas. So we could be matching guys up against each other. Let's say it's like, uh, yeah, let's let's say we take like uh, Tiger. Okay. Uh, and, and this would be a, a great way of doing it. We could have Tiger both a live matchup against, say, like McElroy. Okay, and then we score them not just based on their score, but like the number of under pars that they get, like number of eagles and birdies that they get during the round, so that they get bonus points and being able to create a fantasy score around it rather than just the straight got their golf scores that they're reporting. And that and it's the fantasy part of it that allows us to offer it by law in you know thirty or more states here in the country. If we just did their score, like it would be like gambling. Okay. It's like gambling, and, and that's limited. That's a much more limited audience. Quick picks. The great thing about golf, like you know, Steve, is, I mean, there's no shortage of stats. Sure. There's, you know, sand saves, you know, uh, strokes game putting, you know, GIR, all those great things that we can layer in. Yeah. Uh, Quick Picks is the name of uh, the site, quickpicks.com. There's also Quick Picks Virtual during uh, this lockdown. Uh, There's no app right now, but you punch in the website on your browser on your phone, and that serves as the portal to it. So you can bet mobile, right? You can play mobile, I should say. And uh, your your payment options right now to get a little kitty to start with, uh, what are those options? So we do uh, PayPal. Uh, and then, uh, if you have a PayPal account, you can also do your credit cards through PayPal. Uh, and then we also have e-check as well. We're going to be, uh, very shortly adding things like, uh, pay near me, which is a card that you can huh. just, you can walk into like Seven Eleven or something like that, top off with some cash there and be able to use that, uh, to deposit into our account as well. Yeah. It's fantasy. But it's stripped and it's daily and it's quick and it's multiple times a day. But it's also got a parlay element for big payouts, which is fun. You can bet small amounts so you don't have to worry about, you know, blowing your inheritance. And then on top of all that, they've stripped out the algorithmic disadvantage of people way smarter at math and with way more time to leverage this. So it really comes down to hunch 
intuition and just that sort of knowledge of sports like, I don't know, LeBron is playing back-to-back games. He's been doing this. I don't see it tonight from him. That's the kind of stuff an algorithm doesn't really see. Yeah. I mean, and the other thing is we're talking about here absolute winners. One guy wins, one that's guy the, loses. Right, and that's a the other thing, too. With, the other, a lot of times with these daily fantasy games, you're, you're like, you say, like, well, I've got, like, the best guy. Like, it, you know, like, I got Mike Trout. The guy hit two home runs tonight. How did I lose? And you're like, oh, well, because averaged across the second baseman and, and ever like, oh, there was better value and there was fewer people who, who picked this. And I can't even un- begin to understand conventional daily fantasy sports. It's just, it's too much like accounting to me. Yeah. Whereas with what we do with quick picks, I come from a sports betting background. It's very simple for me. I'm betting on who wins, not yeah. who has a better aggregate average. And exactly. I think that's what most people understand, and that's what most people enjoy. And when you win, you win. You don't worry about right. somebody else beating you, which is always a nice thing. Boys, I'm uh, glad you guys are up and running with this. It sounds like a really fun extra thing to throw into your suite of getting some action on games and stuff. And uh, you can play right now with Quick Picks Virtual to get your uh, feet wet, to taste it a bit. And then once sports are up and running again, uh, we'll be off to the races. Quickpicks.com, spelled just like you would expect. And uh, as Furio once said, bet with your head and over it. Uh, looking forward to talking to you guys down the road as more things come available. Thank you for your time, guys. Good job. Thanks, Steve. You take care. Thank you. Thank you so much, Steve. Let me end on an email or two here. This one from Brent Augustine. He writes to say, when you talked to Ron yesterday about the last dance and Jordan's get in there, motherfucker, and then ended with the article opening about opening up sports, it got me to thinking, Zabe, we usually don't hear those comments over the roar of the crowd. Yeah, because Jordan was like, Get in. He's like, get out of here, you all you fuckers that don't like us. He said, how much work is the eight-second delay button going to get during our fanless live broadcast sports summer? (laughs) Brent, that is a great question. I know they're going to want mics to catch the ambient noise of the game itself, but uh, at the same time, (laughs) you're going to get some definite F-bombs, that's for sure. Hugh Wynn emails me. Again, email me, Zabe at yahoo.com. It comes straight to me. I read them all. Hugh writes to say, Zabe just finished Friday's podcast. Another beauty. The rant at the end was spot on, and you shouldn't apologize for saying that shit. You are the voice of so many, and to hear you lay some of your thoughts out is absolutely refreshing. He said, on to you. I'll tell you what got my head right and refocused about four months ago. Getting back in fucking shape. Good Lord, I had let myself go to an all-time weight. I'm 5'11", and I was tipping the scales about 240. Looked like shit, felt like shit. Got serious, dropped about 35 pounds in about two months. Man, that's aggressive. I'm fine right now where I'm at. I know you did P90X years ago, and that's likely too extreme nowadays. What I've done before and done again this time, and it has once again brought me back from the dead, is something called T25. Same company, Beachbody, that produces P90X. Intermittent fasting and T25 equals kicking ass. And with a 16-year-old son playing sports, i got to be kicking ass or this kid's going to start kicking mine. So there you have it, my two cents on getting you your head right and refocusing. P.S. That and beer, which is my vice. I know you're into whiskey. 
and lots of good old American light beer. I never drop below 230 packs a day now in my reserve. You just never know when another stupid regulation could be handed down. I'll likely have to venture out today into the wild and grab two more racks of Jenny Light. That'd be uh, Genesee Ale. I think that's Jenny Light, which will allow me to hunker down for a bit. Seriously, great job as always. And yes, I'm giving another shout out to Ron Thomas, best show of the week. You got to have him on next week to recap the following Jordan episode commentary because that should be a full hour show. It usually is a pretty good one. Enjoy the weekend. This is from Friday. Get your head right. Come back Monday. Kicking ass like you always do. Hugh Wynn, two N's, W-I-N-N, in upstate New York. Thank you, Hugh. I actually did see this Beach Body on Demand where they said, just text this number. You'll get free access to like $8,000 worth of fitness regimens uh, for Beach Body uh, on Demand streaming live. And I said, all right, fine, I'll do that. And now Carl Dykler won't goddamn get out of my phone. Just blowing it up all the time. But I'll check that out, T25. I really probably can't do P90X right now. But if I start doing T25, which I'm praying to God, it's 25 minutes, not an hour. Give me a hard 25. I think I could do that with uh, not so many push-ups and pull-ups. Get it dialed back in, and then we'll see what we can do after that. That'll be a wrap for today. Thank you for downloading. Remember to subscribe to Fridays. It is cheap, but not free. It's worth it, though, I promise. Rate and review and tell everyone who likes good podcasts, hey, check this guy's Zabe out. He will not disappoint. Have a great Wednesday, and we will see you tomorrow.